Hello and welcome to Microphone Gain number five. I'm Jim Monroe. Microphone Gain is a project of the Game Arts International Network. Today's topic is membership dues and other forms of community support. Joining us from Berlin is Lorenzo Pia from Talk and Play and Amaze Berlin. He'll be asking questions of Sean Pierre from Philly Game Mechanics in Philadelphia. Hope you enjoy. Yes, so <clears throat> so I'll start. So my name is Lorenzo Pilia. I'm based in uh, Berlin, Germany. Uh, so I work as an event uh, producer, curator, and organizer, and specifically in regards to uh, games I run. I've been running this event called Talk and Play, which takes place every two months since uh, more than five years now. So we had like more than 30 editions. And it's always been uh, since the beginning, and it still is a free event. And um, it's an event bringing together the local game scene. Basically, we have around 200 participants uh, at each event. And uh, we have some short talks, uh, announcements from the community, and then uh, a game showcase where everybody can exhibit their projects. And uh, yes, so that's uh, the, some of the stuff I do. Specifically, I think for the for this for this conversation that's the the main project great yeah and um yeah my name is sean pierre i'm in philadelphia pennsylvania and the group that i help run uh is called philly game mechanics um and you know we're a tribal organization and we help support the game community in philadelphia um so we have meetups multiple times a month uh, we have jams and talks and events dedicated to helping local developers um, show, showcase their work and move from, you know, if they want to move from a hobbyist to, um, to some more of a professional, we try and help provide the path to those people. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I was curious in regards, yeah, I've been, I've been considering for a while to start a Patreon or something similar uh, for my event and I wanted to hear a bit what was what has been your experience so far so uh, as I said the event I've been running now for five years is a free event and I try different things out like some uh, sponsorships and uh, donations at the event from the attendees and and of course I've been considering uh, Patreon as well because it seems quite quite popular uh, popular option uh, among uh, game organizations. I just wanted to know yeah, what it's been like, generally speaking, your experience uh, so far. So, Okay. Yeah. Well, for, for our Patreon, we, um, I mean, so if you're not familiar with uh, the levels of Patreon, I mean, there, you can, it's almost like, it's similar to Kickstarter where it's crowdfunding, but, um, you know, it's, you can have Patreon work on a monthly basis where every month you collect, um, you know, funds from people who like to contribute and you can set certain tiers um, on the Patreon, you know, to provide rewards for people. Um, our Patreon more so acts um, less as a reward based um, function and more of a, if you would like to help us continue doing what we're doing and pay for space, um, you know, then please contribute to our Patreon. And the overall, it, it you know, I guess it's kind of like this with everything else in life, but it, with Patreon, you really get what you put into it. So, um, you know, with our with our Patreon, we only have two tier levels: um, one a one dollar tier and then a ten dollar tier. 
Um, and for the ten dollar tier, we um, reward you with a um, a yearly wearable, which uh, so it could be a shirt or something, or you know, a sweater or a hat or something else with uh, you know Philly game mechanics related. Um, and that's people. That's people uh, putting in ten dollars a month, right? Yeah, yeah, people. Right. Are, yeah, putting in ten dollars a month uh, for a certain period of time. Um, get the get the annual wearable, and you know, we put a we put a lot of work into the wearable to make it something special. So it's not, you know, just something really, really, you know, an afterthought. So um, yeah, that's what we've been doing. And we've been doing this for a few years now. Uh, we've actually revamped our Patreon a few times uh, because, you know, our Patreon has a lot of games that people have made throughout the years at our events. So we try and update update that and keep people up to date on what we're doing. Um, we actually don't use, Patreon has a lot of other different functions too, but we mainly use this as a, hey, if you would love to support us, please go to this page. Um, it has things for mailing lists and different posts, and you can, you could send messages out to specific people if you wanted to, but we don't necessarily use all of those features of Patreon. We really use it as a, if you want to support us, please, you know, go here and to support us on a monthly basis. I see. So I was looking just, yeah, uh, your Patreon page and I mm -hmm. see right now. So you said you've been running it for the Patreon page for a couple of years now? Yeah. Yeah. A couple of years. We started it in 2016. Okay. And I see now you have around 50 patrons. Uh, has, it, uh, has it been like is this always the same number, more or less? Has it been, did you notice? Yeah. Like, so, yeah, we've, um, so we've noticed. So the highest, um, the largest amount of money that we've received, I think, on a Patreon from a month uh, was towards when we first started it. Um, and that's also because of there was a big shift in the local community of where people were meeting and gathering and things um, had to change. So we had a lot of um, turnover people from that past community contribute to um, this new Patreon. Um, and then... It has been slowly declining, it, but it's sort of leveled out at this point in time. Um, there are some people who join, some people who leave, some people who adjust their payments, whether they add more or they, they remove it. Um, but it's been steady at this amount for a period of time. Again, you know, you get what you put into it. So um, if we were, we see more people get involved with the Patreon, the more that we promote it, the more we say we're going to give um, some people rewards or the more that, you know, we're willing to give to the people who want to contribute to the Patreon, um, which, you know, makes sense. Uh, you know, if we're willing to do more with it, more people are willing to contribute to it. Um, you know, the fear that, you know, I always have is that, you know, if we do not support as well as we can, people will, you know, stop supporting us on Patreon and then we'll have a harder time having the events for the local community. I see. And so you have around 50 patrons right now. How does it compare with roughly the, the size of your community? I know it's hard because I guess depending on the event, you have different number of participants, but uh, I don't know. Do you also have a, do you also have a meetup group, for example? Yeah. Yeah. So we do. I mean, we have all, you, know, you have the meetup group online, meetup.com. And then, you know, we have the Facebook and the Twitter and Instagram and all those social media accounts. Um, the meetup group, there are a lot more people in the meetup group. I believe there are over a thousand people in the meetup, um, which makes sense. You no, know, it's you could just join for free. It's really, really low, low barrier to entry. Um, and then in terms of community, I mean, maybe on our Slack channel right now, we currently have two to three hundred people 
Um, and, you know, and then we have, but we have a lot of people who used to live in Philadelphia, but a lot of people have moved away. Um, and those are the, some of the people who have dropped out, you know, it makes sense. You know, they moved away. They're not necessarily, you know, in the, you know, day-to-day community anymore. You know, they're dealing with their life in a different city, state, country, et cetera. Um, so, so I, I would say that it's, been okay i need more i would like to know more numbers actually on other communities that have you know what the ratio is of patreon people to um community members uh that would be actually really really interesting to find out and i'm sure there's another community that exists out there that have that you know that have those numbers um mm-hmm. yeah i mean just looking at the numbers I, the fact that you uh, you guys have 49 patrons and 442 dollars a month uh according to the page and um, like, say, Pig Squad um, uh, has 170 patrons and 1175 a month. Uh, you know, like there's there's um, uh, those are, I mean, two that I know of that are, are relatively, um, you know, healthy kind of amounts of of, uh, of revenue coming in. Um, uh, yeah, it would be interesting to compare even just those two uh, uh, communities in terms of, as you say, like what their what their highest um you know kind of newsletter or whatever their their communications channel are compared to like how many twitter users they have versus how many um people are are like uh you know true believers so to speak and and willing to sort of ante up some money for the um uh to support the community yeah yeah no definitely and uh, i mean portland's a much larger uh portland's great pig squad's great um and they're and that that whole community, it's a larger community overall. I mean, it's bigger. They have more uh, people who are working on games in that community as opposed to our community. It's just larger overall, which makes sense that they would have a larger uh, amount of you know money coming in and you know more so Patreon members. Um, well, and you know that's Pig Squad is something that I feel you know I would like to be more like them in that regard. They do a lot of really, really great things and they are a model that I would like to aim for. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess we, you know, if we had a conversation with people from Pixel, we could find out exactly what their percentage is and then compare it to ours and see for higher or lower or around the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I can add to that. So, because you brought up the the pig squad, uh, yeah, the Portland indie game squad uh, po- uh, Patreon, and so sometime I think around one year ago I started doing some research on uh, Patreons connected to game organizations, and um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I would say that yeah, definitely the the Portland uh, the pig squad is the most uh, successful in, in terms of like. Uh, uh, revenue, yeah, let's say amount they collect per month on on Patreon, and yeah, I, it seems to me definitely there must be something about the size of the community for sure that has an influence. But I I I suspect it would be nice to maybe talk with them as well. But I think it's also part of the reason why it's so successful is also that they're offering quite uh, a good mix of tiers, and it, they're very they're very based on. Um, like especially if you if you support them at a higher tier, like twelve or twenty dollars per month, you actually get something regularly in return. So I was just checking now if you if you if you join at twelve dollars per month, you get um, I think a digital or even like physical kind of gift every month, mystery gift, digital loot, and at twenty, I think 
you get uh, you get two copies of the same thing. So basically, you get something every single month, which either either digital or physical, which is quite a lot of effort. And yeah, so partly. So what has been keeping me from starting a Patreon is that uh, I think really to be really successful, as successful as probably the Peak Squad is, you really need to provide something uh, in return every single month, you know. And uh, I have a feeling that if if you're only and I'm yeah, only in saying in quotes, if you're only providing events um, and and not something like something tangible like uh like a reward every single month that's something people get i think it's gonna be like less interesting for for people for uh for supporters i don't know what you think about that i mean it's just just a theory i have but i really looked into a lot of like uh, game organizations and it seems to me that unless unless you provide something uh, every month people are less likely to support at a higher level but uh... no i mean i i agree i agree 100 i mean People like getting things and, you know, it, it is nice to be able to um, uh, rather, you know, people do like receiving things. And I would like for us to be able to give more to the community that supports us. Um, we don't have the resources and the support right now in terms of running the community and the time and the people in order to give something to everyone. And also, again, our since our community is smaller, we have... I mean, I don't know exactly where Pig Squad does get, you know, the the digital things to give away to people. I'm assuming it comes from the community. Um, mm -hmm. And we don't have the same type of community. Um, I guess we don't have that, what Pig Squad has. We don't have the ability to give people something every month digitally. It would be great if we can get to that point, but we don't. I Yeah, I do agree. I, if we had more people, uh, if we had more things to give away to people, we would see a lot more. We And if if we had more things to give away to people, we can have additional tiers. Additional tiers means more options, which means people don't have to just do, like for us, we have the one to five or the $10 level. Um, we could have some things in between. We could have something greater. We could have maybe, we have a legitimate $5 tier which I'm sure a lot of people would like and they would like it more because they get something. I mean, right now we have a tier that's one to $5, which means, you know, you do anywhere from one to five and you get the same thing. So I think most people, if they can and they want to, you know, they would give the five, but they, maybe they can't for whatever reason financially. So they'll do the one and they'll be satisfied with that because they'll also be getting the same content as if they were a $5 person. Um, which is fine. And I completely understand that. And, you know, there are some situations where I would do the same. Um, so, so yeah, if we, if we had more to give to the people in our community, which I want to do, then I think we would have more interaction with our Patreon, more people subscribing and probably additional people from outside of Philadelphia. Most of the people who contribute mm. to our Patreon live in the city or very close to the city. And they're, you know, they're people who attend our events um, pretty regularly or, or we see pretty often. Um, so these are a lot of people who really just want the community to keep on going. And I mean, they're, they're amazing people and the support, the support for our community is great. Um, and because it's smaller, um, you know, there's a bit, it's a bit more personal, um, which, you know, which means a lot more when people are, are really contributing to keep the community going. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those are those are really interesting uh, things that sort of uh, spark some thoughts uh, for me. So 
Um, so one of them is, uh, I was just looking at um, uh, Pig Squad's tiers. Um, they also say something like, um, maybe in the mail. <laughs> so uh, they're not committing to a physical loot every every month. Um, uh, and, uh, and I think that that's like um, a smart thing to do because like over committing is a classic kind of crowdfunding problem. Um, and I mean, uh, when it, when, when it comes to, um, when it comes to things like, um, I, I, I'll unpack a little bit of my, uh, my experience with, with, um, sort of creating the membership tiers, uh, at, uh, hand eye in, in a little while, but, um, I wanted to let you guys talk a little bit, uh, and I have some comments around, um, uh, you know, di digital and how, like how often you need to, um, provide things for the, for it to be an initial incentive. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think it's really interesting to look at, um, uh, what inspires people to, to commit, uh, and what inspires them to stay, um, you know, uh, or, or maybe rather than inspires them to stay, what, what, uh, you know, uh, doesn't sort of, uh, inspire them to cut you off because once it's, a, a, a subscription thing, it's, it's sort of an automatic thing that people actually have to take initiative to end. Um, which, which usually works in the favor of the, of the, of the Patreon. Um, but I'm, I'm curious, uh, Sean, Sean to hear about, uh, maybe a bit more about, um, how much of a strain that, uh, uh, annual, I both, both like organization wise, um, but also just financially in terms of the, how much a percentage of your Patreon is, is eaten up by the actual fulfillment of the physical, uh, side of things, the physical reward. Um, so in our experience recently, it, it's usually a, about, um, this last one was about a month and maybe a month and a, a little over a month's worth of our, um, monthly income that we get from patreon um so okay so so like a 10 percent type of thing yeah. or around yeah. that yeah uh-huh that's not yeah that, yeah, yeah this wasn't that bad um and this one also we i think we um had a friend who helped us out with some of the funds and this and it was some shirts next year we want to do something else um and next year yeah, we want to do something else and we will probably have some different designs so that's also going to include some additional artist fees um and 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 probably, you know, who else, wherever we get, whatever wearable we're getting, wherever we get it printed, that, you know, whatever costs those happen to. You know, there are a lot of people who are willing to help us out in the area in terms of art and in terms of printing. And, I mean, they might give us a discount, they might not. Um, but regardless, it'll probably be the same, if not a little bit more. Mm hmm And I mean, the benefit of having wearables is that they also help in terms of, like, uh, spreading the word about the project. Uh, once people have shirts or whatever, then it starts conversations in the community and and uh, spread, spreads the word about uh, the Philly game mechanics. Oh yeah, right? yeah, that's great. I mean, I I don't want to. I'm not trying to make anyone advertise for us, but you know, if they want to, they can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the and the shirts are a great way to do that. You know, it's a good conversation starter. Or like, oh, what's this shirt? Or what's it about? So, um, yeah, and so if we have some really cool designs for next year um it'll be really great to you know it'll be really great conversation charges and people can start talking about game mechanics elsewhere i would love to have hats but we'll see <laughs> <laughs> cool 
So, um, Lorenzo, I'm curious to know, given that you uh, uh, had so much, uh, like you have done research, you've been aware of the model for as long as you have, what are the, um, what are the, the things, in mental, emotional, or practical that are um, sort of stopping you from getting it started uh, on, on your end? Well, I guess mostly I've been, f what's been stopping me is like, I'm trying to figure out if it's worth the, the effort, you know? Um, mm -hmm. the time that I'm, I will have to put into this also to, to maintain it and to keep going. In a way, I think an approach, I really like the approach from the yeah, Philly game mechanics. I think it might be, be more what I should be aiming at, at least at the beginning. So like maybe, you know, like at the lower tier, whoever wants to support and keep up to date uh, can join. And then uh, if they want a wearable, uh, like something... Uh, to receive something in return, the higher tier. I think it's like a nice way to get started and see like if people react to it. Because, yeah, as I said, I think if I'm thinking about like starting something similar to the to the Pig Squad, this would mean, for example, one of the things they give out are like Steam keys, and this would mean, of course, like in advance, trying reaching out with developers and who are willing to give out keys. I don't know. I wonder, like either for free or for very cheap but there will be a lot of uh, a certain amount of work required right to set this up and then i wonder if it might be worth the the, the time uh, the time and effort so that's a, that's the, the main thing so i'm only wondering is this a good way of spending the time to set this page up or should i just you know instead like spend the time uh trying other avenues like for example like uh sponsors sponsorships which is something i've been i've been doing so far instead so Mm -hmm. I can tell you one of the things like uh, that in the past that stopped me from doing this type of thing is that I don't want a super lame looking Patreon with like yeah, $3. Exactly. Um, and, and that's the thing that's like both the pro and the con of, of um, these publicly facing um, and transparent kind of mechanisms is that it, it means that um you're really kind of like, once you jump in, you kind of got to give it a really good push. Um, you know, cause you don't it, it, like just for saving face point of view or not wanting to seem like you're, you know, that the community that you put time into is, is not supporting you or whatever. Um, you want to, you want to kind of have a reasonable expectation of some level of success. Um, which is, you know, which, you know, it, it's, so it's risky in terms of the, um, uh, yeah, that sort of aspect of it. Um, but I would say, like, if you look at it from a perspective of like, um, like it's like let's say it's like Kickstarters themselves, um, in the sense that like, even if you're only raising X amount of dollars and you're putting X amount of hours in, and you start to you do the math and you say, well, you know, that I'm not really getting too much return for that time, um, really a big aspect of what they provide is like um, uh, is, is promotional uh, sort of a, like a promotional or marketing kind of uh, function. Um, because like, think about all the games that you heard about through their Kickstarter, because the people who are into it um, don't want it to, to die or they don't want it to, to not, um, you know, get, get reach its funding or, you know, that's the one thing I think with Patreon, that's a little bit, um, 
that that's I I don't like is that I I really enjoy the drama or not enjoy it. It's usually really stressful, but um, I, I I appreciate the value that that drama and the time limited aspect uh, of a real big push in the campaign and how it catalyzes your your um your supporters. Um, whereas in Patreon is a slow drip that. Um, you know, feels like uh, it's really hard to get motivated to do it because really you can do it next week or you can do it next month or you can do it next year and it sort of slips down the priority list, right? So I do know that, that for instance, there's something called drip um, that's, that's Kickstarter's purchased and that they're intending to uh, it's, it's in the process of being kind of revamped or whatever, but I think it's going to contain that kind of initial, drive um like a month drive to get to a certain uh, monthly support but then after that it's going to continue taking um uh sort of uh patrons on a on a you know so that there is that um you know like a, a, a gradual kind of increase past that original drive so i don't know if that's if that's wh- wh- how do you think that would work for you sean um so about that and i mean also tying in what you just said before i mean we so we were fortunate with our Patreon to hit the ground running with a lot of su- support uh, before we even um, began it. Um, there were, there were yeah. yeah, I mean, we, we had, um, I mean, right. We always, we've always been around this number uh, for Patreons. Uh, this is like 40 something. Yeah. So we, we've always been around that number, but like out of the get go, we didn't have a slow buildup because we had a community that met up for years before we started the Patreon and revamped to be called Philly game mechanic. Um, I do agree with the whole, um, the whole Kickstarter, the whole surge of, you know, you have all, all the backers they're in this together. Everyone is in it together. Everyone wants to see this succeed. So everyone's, um, you know, just tweeting and sharing on Facebook and telling their friends in person and just sharing links. So I, that, that is a wonderful thing about Kickstarter. Um, and if that, if they're able to carry that over to um, the drip replacement or maybe drip, the new drip or whatever it's going to be, that, that would be wonderful because, you know, it, it gives, it gives a lot of people a sense of, of community and wanting this one project to succeed. And then, you know, it provides a bit more investment over the long term to see like, hey, I help this thing continue. I mean, you see with Kickstarters nowadays, um, you know, after a project gets funded, people are always excited to see the new the next update and they share new updates with people. Um, if, if it, the game receives enough attention beforehand or a project receives enough attention beforehand, um, people will, you know, news articles will you know news outlets will write articles about someone's latest update which provide you know another surge of people looking into it if that happens with um the drip replacement that would be great because let's say you send out another update you know an in progress of the project that was funded and someone writes an article about it that's a new set of eyes on the project and potentially a new set of people who will now be engaged with what you are pushing or trying to you know create on on Kickstarter or Drip or whatever, or the new type of um, funding thing. I mean, I don't know how often people will write or talk about a new thing that was released on Patreon um, by by others, by people they support. Um, I see it more often with Kickstarter, but it, again, the Kickstarter has the more you know community. We're in this together, and we help mm-hmm. we help make this project happen. And because of everyone. Mm-hmm on this page who backed it, you know, this thing will come to life. As, as you know, 
for Patreon, you know, you could submit, you could contribute to something and then you could stop and then fall off the map and then forget about it. Uh, mm-hmm. with, yeah, it's completely different with um, Kickstarter and who knows whatever they'll be doing with Drift. Mm-hmm. Can I just, one, one thing a bit, so maybe I'm out of the loop, but I think, so the current status with Drip, so Drip was started by Kickstarter last year, and I think now they basically, it's been acquired by XOXO, I think. That's the status now, right? Oh, you're right, you're right. Yeah, they're doing a new yes. thing, yeah. So I think, I think, yes. so, so also a bit of backstory. So actually, for my event here in Berlin this year, the main sponsor actually has been Kickstarter. And actually, I should also add that, yeah, one of the reasons also why I I, I kind of kept this Patreon thing on hold was because I want to see how Drip would work out. So Drip has always been, <laughs> yeah, it's always been invite only. And at some point they said they might open to other people. And since it was already, since I had already an ongoing relationship with Kickstarter, I also thought it might make sense to see, to wait and see until they, they open this to other creators. And then this never happened. I think it just didn't really, I don't know the details. I think it just didn't really took off as well as expected. And, uh, and now I think it's like being acquired by XOXO. So they organize the uh, the festival with the same name in, yeah, in, in Portland. I yeah, I don't think I like I know Andy Bayo is also originally the CTO at Kickstarter. So uh, I think I don't know if it's being acquired in that sense of like uh, I think it's more of a partnership with Kickstarter as I understand yes, it. Yes, yes. So it, it remains a Kickstarter thing, but um, with the kind of um, with the extra kind of community uh, backing and thinking of, of like Andy and, and the Andes, I guess at XOXO. So that'll be super interesting to see how that, uh, how that works out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and I mean, Kickstarter is of course quite viable for, um, you know, if you're doing things like you have a big event, um, you know, if you like, it could be a pre-sales mechanism for, for a, a big event, maybe that then like, you know, a, uh, your your organization has done prior to um prior in in the, like in the past in the sense that like you know you want to do something that's like something something big um it's a, i think is would be a really good way to to get people um behind it i think with unfortunately the legacy of la game space and that never um materializing and it being a huge uh kickstarter um uh sort of uh letdown for people um that's um you know that that a little bit of the the history of that is is going to echo through anything that's um you know that people you know anything too ambitious that people present but say if you're if someone was wanting to raise 10 grand or 20 grand or something to do a an ambitious event in their area and you know have tickets uh as as like the uh uh, as the rewards, then I think that would be super viable as well. And I haven't seen too much of that happening. The only downside to that would be that, um, and this is something that I'm, I, I'm really kind of pretty um, a big advocate for is uh, a kind of buildup of membership support that then is a passive stream of income. Um, maybe uh, unless Lorenzo, you have other questions uh, about the Kickstarter, um, I could kind of uh, go into a little bit of what we did with membership tiers at Handai. Yes, please. Okay, cool. So, um, so yeah, as I was talking about before, the, like uh, some of the backstory was like, you know, I, 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 we wanted to have membership. Uh, we just didn't want to uh, 
sort of, uh, um, you know, have such, you know, do a big push for it and, and not get much of a result. So we spent a lot of time trying to figure out what would be a really appealing um, kind of membership offering. Um, and a bit of the history behind Handeye is that for the first several years to become a member, and we're 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 a incorporated not for profit, so um, people who are members actually get to vote on um, you know things like board members and uh, the direction of of the organization and such, and have real it's a membership led organization. Um, so so people could become members by. Um, originally pledging 10 hours of volunteer time to the community and that's 10 hours in in a, in a year so it's quite quite a small commitment um or as time went on we said that you had to have had in the past like last year you had to have 10 hours of volunteer time and that could be volunteering at a hand eye event but it can also be any one of um volunteering for any of the organizations or projects doing video game art stuff in the city so we made that very kind of uh, open um, and we wanted to, to to sort of, you know, basically it be an encouragement for people to get actively involved rather than a, a super strict requirement. So what we found over time, and this is probably, I mean, we're almost at, like, I guess in February, it'll be our 10th anniversary or sorry, I've stepped away from hand eye. So uh, <laughs> I should say their 10th anniversary. Um, but um at, you know, at the time um, that that we got started, we had, um, you know, we we went from this volunteer place um, to um, people, you know, uh, you know, who were uh, volunteers at first, um, getting more and more involved with creation and studios and such, and not and having more money than time. So it sort of flipped at some point for some of the people that wanted to support us but just couldn't put in the volunteer hours. So we started to sort of like look at it more seriously, like, you know, what um, what we could what we, you know, what we could offer and what how much it would cost and all that kind of stuff. And basically what we settled upon for our, our base membership was a, a seven dollar or seven dollar a month or um, I, which I, I believe sort of amounts to approximately eighty five dollars a year um, for a hand eye society membership. And in exchange for um, for signing up uh, and either as a subscription on a monthly or annual basis, um, you got a membership card in the mail. Um, and uh, what we originally offered for our first year, and this was only our first year, um, was that every month, um, and this was sort of took the form of a kind of like a drive, almost a membership drive. We said for the people who sign up, um, in the first year, we're going to offer a free Steam key from a Toronto indie game uh, every month. So it meant that, um, you know, basically people got 12 games um, and we we basically set up front, you know, we don't know if we're going to be able to continue that beyond that 12, that those 12 months. This is something we're offering for the first year, um, but uh, but we can definitely offer it for the first year. So you know, that required, as you, as you pointed out, Lorenzo, a lot of, um, you know, initial work in terms of going to, uh, uh, going to the, uh, uh, the developers, but what the thing, the magical thing about that particular process was that we up until that point, um, had never really had much success getting, um, this smaller studios to, uh, sponsor or support us in any way financially. Um, they just weren't used to it, right? They just weren't used to sponsoring things. Um, 
you know, they didn't have a, you know, sponsorship fund or like part of their, you know, they were basically just trying to make their game and, and survive off of, you know, uh, whatever savings they had. So it was very challenging to, um, you know, the fact that they would say, well, we really love what you do, um, but we can't afford to financially support you at all. But they were extremely willing to give us a thousand dollars worth of steam keys or like, you know, at the beginning, we had about 100 members signed up or something like that. So it was, you know, they basically only had to supply about 100 steam keys. Um, and because it's, you know, doesn't that's not hard cash. They were very, uh, very willing and, and, and honestly felt like I, I, it was not it was not difficult to get that at all. Um, so uh, it's a way for them to contribute and in, in like sort of turn people that were um, you know, um, more game enthusiasts into being the people that are providing the actual hard cash. Um, so that's something like, I really like to sort of, um, put forth as, as a viable way to, um, you know, allow your, your, uh, studios and your game creators, um, uh, to, to actually, uh, contribute to, to something, even if it's not directly like direct hard cash. Um, so yeah, so that was our membership. Uh, so, I'll sorry, take a break so, yeah, here. Just one thing, like regarding this, you said so you offer the one Steam key a month, but only for the first year. Correct, and the as I say, like uh, we were upfront about it being, you know, it might not be sustainable past that point uh, because it was a lot. We are also actually doing like every every month we we paid our one of our um, one of our staff to to. Um, uh, to write uh, a piece on that particular game, like to do an essay on it. So we sort of spotlit it. It was their, our spotlight, our spotlit game or whatever. Um, spotlight game. Yeah, there we go. Um, it was our spotlight game for that month. Um, so we paid, we paid uh, them to, to write that. Uh, and then people got the game as well. And it was, you know, for some of the games, they were like, you know, not everybody in Toronto knew about them. So it was actually a little bit of a boost of, of profile for the, the individual creators. Um, you know, some of them didn't need it, you know, some of them, some of them uh, benefited from it. Um, but it, they were sort of the special spotlight game for that month. And then after that, um, we stopped doing that. Uh, and, and we didn't, I, I would be surprised if we lost even 5% of the people. So basically what that initial offering is, if you if you think, kind of carefully about about what you're offering i think the main thing is you have to offer something that is too good to pass up like that is like that's an amazing deal and it breaks people of this habit they have of not spending any money um you know most of the people in our communities don't belong to membership they don't have memberships in in various arts organizations you know they, this is this is something that's like new to them and and it has to be something that is really exceptional um, that you really can't, like, you'd be an idiot to pass it up, you know? So, so I think that that's the, I think that's the mentality you have to have. It's not even like good value. It has to be really great value. Um, you know, and then, and then once they're, once they're kind of used to, to, to spending that money, um, they stick with it because they like what the community has to offer. They like the, the, the feeling of involvement it has. Um, so, so, yeah. So I would say like, that's, that, that has been, um, that's been our, that was our approach to uh, initially kind of getting people um, signed up for that. And that means, you know, I think, 
I think for us, uh, I, I, I have to check with Sagan for the exact numbers, but I believe it's somewhere between six dollars to $7,000 a year that comes in um, through memberships. Um, and there isn't a physical, other than that initial membership card that people are mailed, uh, there isn't uh, a lot of physical costs. Um, so, uh, so, you know, it's all, it's all digital. There, there's some labor involved with like, uh, you know, maintaining the membership roles and keeping in communication with them. And, you know, we, we give members like some, sometimes priority, um, you know, in terms of like, if we have a limited seating or something at an event or that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, uh, most of the costs are, are labor rather than uh, physical fulfillment. Yeah. So I actually think it's a very good approach to start with something, a very good, so offering something really, really valuable, right? And if I remember correctly, mm -hmm. when I did some research last year, I think even Big Squad, I think when they launched their Patreon, if you joined the, the very first few months, you would get an exclusive T-shirt, you know? So there was an incentive for mm -hmm. people to be part of this early on. Um, I'm only wondering, like, if, like I'm wondering if, if I, for example, if, in my case, if I try to replicate the approach of the Hendai Society, like saying, okay, for the first year, you get one uh, one Steam key or whatever a game every single month. I mm -hmm. wonder, I, I, I maybe I, I hope I'm wrong, but I, I imagine that the moment then after one year you stop providing the the uh, the reward, like this type of reward, this game. It would be very easy for people then to switch off, you know. Uh, Absolutely. Whereas in your case, because it was, I think it's a different kind of membership. I guess, I, guess, I suppose in your case, it's, it's, you sign up and then it's automatically. Um, I think the money is automatically taken every month, or it's yeah, it's pay. It's a PayPal subscription. Okay, so yeah, if, I think in, in a way, of course, it's, it's PayPal, but still, it maybe would take you a bit more of a step, or you might even not notice it you know like straight away mm -hmm. whereas in patreon i think it's quite easy to switch on and off in a way uh maybe maybe mm -hmm. maybe not maybe I, I suppose of course once people are part of it there will be some people who are happy to support anyway but uh yeah i don't know in your case you think when you switched off after one year you didn't notice any any people there wasn't a substantial drop off okay. no okay. Much, much to our happiness because you know um you know, that, that, you know, it would have been really disappointing. Um, but, uh, the, like, I think for something like talk and play, um, like, I mean, uh, I think you could get away with something even like a seasonal key. Um, you know, like every season someone get like you, you give a key and maybe you could keep that going for two years if you have eight people sign or eight studios sign up. Right. Mm -hmm. so, so, so it's not as, um, uh, yeah, maybe you're not asking, maybe you're asking for $5 a month instead of $7 a month or, or $4 a month or something like that. Whatever you think is like, um, you know, in, like a, a non-significant amount of money. Um, you know, I, I, I think like, um, yeah, it's sort of it, like, I think that if you have, if you're, if, if people are getting something on a frequent enough basis, they feel, um, they feel like it's worth it. Um, you know, and that's, but yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think, yeah, I think like looking back, I don't, I think we, we might've overdid it with a monthly thing, but we also had, as I say, like we, we had so much good community support that we could, we could, um, we could, we could kind of, uh, cash in on at that stage. Like we had built up like several years of, you know, and, and as, as is the case for you as well, but there's, there's, um, 
it's an intuitive process of like, you know, asking also just like research of like saying, this is what we're proposing. What do you think? You know, and people will tell you, you know, you ask a bunch of people, people close to you, people further away and just, you know, see what, see what the response is. Um, the other thing uh, I wanted to throw out there, um, you know, uh, Sean, you were talking about, um, uh, you know, looking at other tiers, um, you know, like, and, and beyond the physical kind of the big physical one, I think you, you could go with something that similarly uh, leverages some of your uh, good community support with maybe some of the more successful game creators in your region by um, saying like, maybe it's, um, you know, maybe for a $5 level of support, um, you, you get a, a, like after a year or so you get like um, a half hour consultation with one of those game makers. Yeah. I mean, that would be really, really neat. And actually I have a question for you about that and something you just, well, you just mentioned, I mean, so you said you had 12 months of um, worth of steam keys and they're, they're all from local creators. Yeah, yeah yeah it's a big community here yeah i mean mm -hmm. so then that's like that's great um and i mean i guess that's also i mean for lorenzo too i mean if we have a if we have a community that you're able to get that if you're able to get that from the community that's amazing and it's something you should definitely try and take advantage of um for uh, on our side here um i don't know how many um uh, we don't have too many um well, if we did it maybe every six months or something along those lines, that would be a bit easier. That's not something we can do every month, I think, with the number of people we have creating at um, a professional level. But it also depends on what people are looking to do, I guess. Um, <laughs> because I'm the, so we have in Philly, we have um, definitely fewer than um, five large indie um, outlets. Um, uh, <laughs> The largest one probably, I mean, there's, there's one that's picking up steam and they, they, they have more people now, but then other than that, um, there's another one that maybe has eight and then, and then two and one, the other groups so have two people or one person. Um, there, yeah, there are a lot of single digit, um, fewer than five people in these studios here. So, um, the number of resources we have here available to everyone else in terms of sitting down one-on-one -on -one is limited. Uh, but it's something that I think would be really neat to do if we were able to, um, proportion out correctly. Like you said, after six months at the $5, you can speak to someone for half an hour, um, a consultation on either work or marketing or whatever area of expertise they need. That's, um, that's a really great idea. Yeah, it's sort of like you look at the people who are supporting you and you say, well, these people are a little further ahead than these people. And uh, one function that you can serve is to sort of help interconnect them and to to also kind of to, to benefit from that, I think is totally fair. Um, you know, when it comes to even like people just getting getting their feet wet, the idea of being able to show their game to someone who's already had a game released on Steam and get some feedback on that game. Uh, can actually be, you know, really valuable in a way that, you know, the the person who's released something on Steam can actually uh, give some support support back to you guys without like laying out hard cash, right? Yeah, yeah, no, and, and that yeah, it's great. And I mean, like you said, there are a lot of people who are a bit farther out in terms of development, um, and they have, you know, information is is amazing, and any information help that we can pass on to other people to help them move to their next level of game development would is would be great. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So I had another kind of um, membership tier thing that I could I could outline real quick. Um, so we we struggled, as I say, with with some of the studios, and I mean we're uh, you know like uh, not not every city has as many um, sort of small scale studios as we have in in uh, in Toronto, but um, you know we we struggled with um, them sponsoring things. Um, so what we did like maybe a year or two after we did that initial push for the individual memberships was we went, we started to go back to studios and say, um, basically created a membership offering that was, um, I think $200 a year. Um, and for that, they got three memberships, which is about a $240, uh, value. Um, but specifically what we did was we said, um, your membership the cost of your membership is actually going towards uh, uh, our can't make a game program. So your your money specifically is actually sending a kid to this game making camp um, from an underserved neighborhood. So it allowed us to do a program that we didn't have funding for um, that we wanted to do in an underserved neighborhood in Toronto, uh, helping kids sort of like get get into uh, into game development, like you know eight to ten year old kids. Um, which um, to these studios was again an irresistible thing, like and and not from a perspective of like oh we get free stuff or whatever, but from a perspective of like yeah I really want to support that. So that's another sort of thing to think about in terms of like um, it doesn't have to be purely consumer. It can also appeal to um, you know like your your community's sort of sense of like uh, wanting to support the next generation and 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 that kind of thing. But I think it really helped that. It wasn't just to help this program uh, get off the ground, but it was specifically was uh, about um, sending a specific, like a, a, a one kid to the camp. So, which actually, like financially, was was the case. Like, it that's what it cost us to to sort of run that program was about two hundred dollars for per kid. So again, what we found was like after that first year. Um, we we would keep in touch with the studios, and I mean, it wasn't as big as it was about. I think we got about fifteen studio memberships from that. Um, you know, so that's uh, you know, like not as much as the individual memberships, but it, it was another nice little kind of income stream. And the next year, um, we didn't do that particular program, but we did another program and let them know this is what it's going for towards this year. And we did get some drop off. I think maybe two or three of the 15 or, or whatever said, well, yeah, that was good for last year, but we're tight this year or whatever the case may be. Um, but a lot of them stayed on. So it's been a learning experience for me to realize that basically people just need to be broken of the habit of, of not, uh, of not supporting these things once they have, and they see the value of it and they see that it was, you know, that it, it's easier to keep going than, uh, to, to necessarily just like, uh, you know, stop supporting at all. So, um, so anyway, yeah, just wanted to throw that out there too. So, um, so any, any, uh, further thoughts or questions we're coming up to kind of our about hour, uh, sort of, uh, a podcast length here. So, um, any thoughts or, or, um, final questions or anything like that? I guess no. On my side, uh, uh, no. Well, I yeah, I got yeah. You gave thanks for the conversation. I think it gave me some food for thought. Um, yeah. Again, I think it's always for me a matter of like thinking if it's worth always the time and effort put into this, you know. And 
or if it might might be better like trying different uh, different approaches but uh, yeah I, I really like the, the what you mentioned also now to approach not only the the single uh, single members but also to go after the the studios you know and I think the approach of specifically maybe aimed at a specific at a specific project uh, or initiative I think it makes a lot of difference and uh, and and the thing is with the um with that particular approach it means that they have three membership cards they get to give to their like the employees that they want to or whatever and it becomes a perk for them uh to to give out um oh i should tell you that okay so this is the i almost forgot this is like the big big um thing that we realized last year um well so um we were, I was in touch with one of the schools here, um, the school, the game design schools. And um, they basically said, um, they they saw our membership offerings and they said, hey, do you guys have a student uh, rate? And we didn't, uh, we didn't have a student rate, but, um, uh, but we talked to them and basically said, yeah, you know, we have like, and this is a school we've approached in the past before to, uh, potentially sponsor things or whatnot, and they didn't really have the budget to sponsor things. But what they do have a budget for are student perks. Um, so they buy their students Unity licenses, as an example. And in this case, they started to buy their students hand-eye society memberships, and in in the to the like in mass quantities, like hundred students at a time, two hundred students at a time, um, which really is a huge was a huge boon. Um, this has just sort of kicked in recently. So um, that's something to really, uh, you know, seriously consider when it comes to um, when it comes to your your connections with the schools, because um, what I found my tension in the past with approaching schools is that often I, you know, I learned how to make games outside of school. I haven't been through those programs. I'm not sure the organization necessarily should be seen endorsing a program that I'm not I haven't actually done the research to decide whether or not it is a great program to endorse. Um, so the sponsorship thing was always a little bit, always felt a little bit fraught to me um, because of that. But this way, if they're supporting via membership, it means their students get involved. Um, we actually made the student membership tier a non-voting membership, um, which is not a you know, a huge consideration to most organizations because they're not member vote like voting organizations. But it meant that, like, you know, basically they got a lot of the perks that we offer um, because we do continue to offer perks, even though we're not offering the the Steam uh, thing every every month. Mostly things like local, um, like we have our fancy video game party every every year, and they get a twenty percent discount. They get. Um, there's a bunch of uh, game stores and cafes and board game cafes that that give that give small discounts to uh, members with with cards and such. Um, but yeah, I mean that that was that's been a huge boon um, to to sort of be able to make that that kind of those type of bulk memberships um, uh, and and sort of involve a bunch of new students and game design students in in the organization at the same time. Um, so yeah, that's my I. I almost forgot the kind of the biggest tip I was hoping to yeah. uh, <laughs> to talk. About. But would you say um, that the end of society, as far as you know, right now, is it like are they getting are they getting more like memberships in terms of money from uh, schools or from studios? Oh uh, well, no. I mean, I mean the schools. Um, 
I think the schools, like the individual memberships, as I say, I might be around six or 7,000. Um, the school memberships alone are another 7,000. Um, the studio memberships are around 3,000. Okay. So it's not, um, you know, it's not, it's, it's, um, I would say in terms of prioritizing your approaches, uh, the individual memberships are really good to start with because, um, you know, it kind of gets you uh, connected with your, your core community, but very quickly after that, um, you know, approaching, like having a student tier and, uh, and approaching, um, you know, if there are game design, uh, programs in your in your area about the, the possibility of them buying it as a perk for their for their students i think is really um is it would be a really kind of good strategy um yeah, yeah. and one more thing regarding the studio memberships did you also manage to get some bigger uh bigger game studios or are they mostly in the uh, studios smaller like smaller medium in the studio supporting you it's small, medium. Yeah, it definitely. Um, I mean, we do, uh, we have had uh, like a couple thousand a year come in from Ubi. Ubi is kind of the main um, uh, large game studio in Toronto. Um, and they generally sponsor things like our, the, the fancy video game party, the hand-eye society ball um, and, and that kind of thing. So they, they are, they are actually have been uh quite supportive sponsorship wise, but we've never, I haven't yet worked out anything or, and, and it's not, again, not something I'm actively working on anymore. Uh, I, I, I did have a couple discussions with them about, um, uh, potential like, you know, um, bulk memberships. Um, but they, but it didn't, it didn't ever sort of, uh, uh, materialize. Mm -hmm. Got it. But I'd love to hear if if uh, if uh, if you guys have any luck, um, sort of with other strategies or thoughts. Um, that's uh, I, yeah, I'd love to hear about any success stories or or um, or insights you guys have in in sort of continuing to pursue this stuff because I think it's uh, it is a lot of work. But again, like once that work is done, it's it kind of can can lay a groundwork even even to 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 such things as sort of thinking like okay I have this amount of money a year coming in and I can afford to pay someone to do x right yeah and I mean like and for Lorenzo I mean I don't know how big your community is or how many people you have working with you I mean for our stuff we had a lot of people together working on the, on the Patreon page a lot of eyes on it um you know not a bunch of editors but you know a lot of eyes and a lot of thoughts and a lot of help getting it together so if you're able to get the support to you know alleviate some of the stress off of you and getting it all done that you know that it'll just make everything a lot easier and then you know as many as as possible you'll get uh, you know more of a feel for what people want or what people would like and then it might be then it might feel better it might feel like it was more worth it after it all gets finished yeah thanks yeah, that's great insight. Cool. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for uh for taking the time and uh and yeah, I'll I'll uh uh I think we can we can end it there. Thanks very much. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. This was great. Okay. Awesome. Cool. So yeah, so that's it. Uh that's uh yeah, that was uh that was super productive. I appreciate uh you guys taking the time. And uh and uh yeah, I'll I'll probably um I'll get it edited in the next little while and when I get that up there, I'll I'll um I'll probably uh um uh whatever at you on uh on Twitter or something like that and and uh uh you know, feel free to spread it around to anybody you think is uh might be might might find it interesting. Yeah, definitely. This was great.
Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And just one thing. So, are you gonna? Is is there a? Is there gonna be a, a web page connected to it? Are you gonna put some links or resources or? Uh, that's yeah. That's a good point. Um, generally, I've been just uh, putting the pod, like basically the podcast by themselves. Um, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to look and see if I can um, if I can include no, uh, notes, like things like like the, notes. Uh... No show notes and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. I, I, I think that's something I haven't included before, but, um, I mean, it especially makes sense when like, we'd want to link to, uh, to Sean's Patreon and, and your, and your page as well. So yeah. Also, also um, some of the other things we mentioned, I think also maybe the pig squad, but also I can send yeah. the link of the, of the, of the list of other groups, game organizations. I think that's so, something people might find useful, you know, then if they want yeah. to look Absolutely. for themselves. Yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. If you have a public, um, kind of, uh, that would be super, super great. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. All right. Okay. Thanks guys. Have a good day. You too. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Microphone gain is a project of the game arts international network. What is that you ask? Well, if you're listening to this, you probably know about all the amazing people all over the world that are championing games as an art form collectives, curators, and not-for-profits that are showcasing and nurturing games made primarily for creative expression, rather than purely out of commercial interest. These people are helping support thousands of game artists collectively. But who's supporting them? That's why we started to establish the Game Arts International Network, or GAIN, to interconnect and try to support each other in our common challenges and inspire each other with our successes. If you like the sound of that, and you'd like to support us, the best way to do that now is to let someone know about GAIN who might benefit from the information we're sharing. We know lots of the established groups internationally, but we don't know all the people who are emerging as organizers and creators, so it really helps if you let them know that this resource exists. They might sign up on the mailing list or subscribe to this podcast, and that's one more node in the network.